Hello out there! It's time for the Hockey Minute. Your source for all your hockey news and some opinion. Strap in for the fastest news in the NHL. This episode is proudly brought to you by... Absolutely nobody. We don't have any sponsors. Now here's your hosts, Brandon and Ryan. And here we are. Welcome back to another edition of the Hockey Minute. I am your host, Brandon, with me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. And today we've got a great short little episode for you guys. But first, please give us a rating and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And as always, you can follow everything we've been up to on our website, thehockeyminute.com. Before we get into our show, let's check in with my co-host, the sleep doctor, Ryan. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent, excellent, man. It's uh, a little bit different for us to be up this early, doing a, a podcast uh, early Saturday morning for those those counting at home, getting ready for the Monday release. So got you to crawl out of bed after a night shift for me, man. I'm stoked. Let's do it. Let's get into some hockey. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, not too much to talk about these days. You know, I think the flat caps really killed off-season movement here. But Good start. I've, Good start to the show. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's nothing going on, guys. You can probably turn it off now. Um but no, we, we figured we would just kind of touch on maybe the, the NHL season when it's potentially going to start. And yep. uh, Pierre Lebrun's been pretty adamant that the NHL wants to start January 1st, Brandon. What are, what are your thoughts on uh, a mid-December training camp for some of these guys? I think there's almost no chance of that happening, man. I think that the players would have to be informed basically now in order for them to make it back to their home cities, do the two-week quarantine, get ready to start training camp, and then start camp. I think they're already out of time. I don't think that's happening. We're looking at mid-November right now. So that'd be a month for these guys to get back and go, I guess. We're kind of right in the window where they'd have to be notified where they could pretend that it's going to happen. But, man, I think we're looking at a Feb 1st start at the earliest. Yeah, I think the NBA maybe put, you know, the NBA committed to starting, uh, I think it was Christmas Day, and I think that puts the pressure on the NHL. But I, I to be honest, yeah. man, I don't, I don't see the NHL players committing to, you know, potentially taking Christmas away from their families because uh, that's the only way I see this happening. Right? They're not going to let these guys, like you said, they're not going to quarantine, do their camp, and then suddenly head back to wherever they're from for for Christmas, yeah. and then have to potentially quarantine all over again. So. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a little later than what people want. Uh, but at the same time, I think it'll be good. If they start in February, they're not fighting the N- the NFL and uh, you know the NBA season too. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of a, a duration. But do you mm-hmm. think a 48-game schedule is more likely what we'll see so that they can try to get back uh, November, October next year in the NHL? Yeah, they're going to have to go abridged for sure. Maybe it's going to be even shorter than that. Maybe it'll be a 41-game season or something like that. Like, I can really see them trying to tighten it up here because they're not going to want this to be pushed back another year. Like, if they start November next year, then they're looking at the 2022-23 season before they're actually back to a regular start for regular sponsorship stuff. And I think that they're more concerned about getting set for the start of the following season because that's when the new TV deal will start, right, for NBC or the, the American TV deal. So I think they're looking to get all their ducks back to normal so that way they can reap the most that they can out of that contract. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I just don't see it happening as soon as – and I, I would love it to start as soon as we can, but yeah, I just think that uh, due to all this – the other thing I think that they won't maybe want to wait for is from the health side of things, if you can – you know, if you can get fans in the seats, you know, make a little bit of extra money. Yeah. See if in a you know, see if in February restrictions are a little bit lighter with uh, you know this being flu season. Um, yeah. Maybe they you know maybe wait an extra month or two and you you get the the ability to put some fans in seats and obviously that varies on provinces and states but 
I see in the NFL. It's like some places they've got, you know, uh, half-packed stadiums, and then other places it's it's dead empty, right? So uh, maybe with these, you know, potential divisions and, and bubbles and whatnot, maybe there's a, an opportunity there to put some fans into the arena and, and get a little bit of extra cash back. It's not really an appealing offer, at least to me, though, when you think about it. I mean, imagine going to a Canucks game. Instead of having 18000 there, you're going to have 4000 You're going to pay twice as much for a ticket, and the atmosphere is already shitty at a Canucks game, <laughs> even when it's full capacity. So now, yeah. now it's going to be pretty pretty empty. Like, I just I, I can't see the draw for paying more for a worse experience. I mean, I guess some people will be there, but I'm, I won't be. Well, I mean, how much more do you think that, like, if they if they said, hey, tickets for the upper bowl are going to be 500 bucks, like, obviously, I can't see anyone yeah jumping at that unless you really have a bunch of income to burn but i think that a lot of people i mean you know i I don't know if ticket prices are going to increase i think it'll be more subtle changes it'll be like oh yeah like a beer and a hot dog are going to be like fifty (laughs) dollars you know it's just like oh wait uh but i I think that that's that's a potential yeah i mean they're going to have to make that money back somehow but i mean what's what's not zero right anything above one so it's it's kind of like you know if they want to have fans in the seats even if they allow a thousand people in and everybody gets their own row (laughs) to themselves to you know not uh not be around people yeah um i think that you know if you can get some people into the arena to buy some stuff then that's better than having no fans at all in my opinion and uh yeah so you know we'll see but how do they handle concessions and stuff i think once you're in your seat you have to be there like they're not going to let you get up and get into the concourse and be in line for a hot dog and a beer. So they're going to have more people out there dishing out goods, right? And then what are you supposed to bring? Like a little piss bladder to tie to your leg? Like how are you supposed to go to the washroom and avoid the crowds? Like there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of weird problems they're going to have to get through. I'll probably just stay and watch it at home. I really can't see myself fighting <laughs> fighting the crowds and the bullshit to pay more to to be in a worse environment. So Brandon, uh, not going to Canucks games, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not for a while buddy not for a while yeah that is a, a good point though it's already pretty quiet there with eighteen thousand people it's pr- might be might be louder yeah. if you have like four thousand rowdy hockey fans in there so right if like if you should they should make it if they're going to do that they should make the concession super cheap beer give it like like two two, two bucks a beer <laughs> yeah. it's like man that environment's crazy good tonight i don't know what's going on with the canucks <laughs> is this msg <laughs> like the place is half empty but it's all right, so let's let's change gears a little bit. Uh, this is uh, something that's near and dear to your heart that I, we haven't talked about yet. I wanted to touch on a little bit. Uh, Alex Ovechkin says he wants to finish his hockey career in Russia, and I don't think that that's a huge surprise to anybody who follows Obi's career. But there's still some people out there who are saying that it means he might not catch Gretzky. What are your thoughts there? Well, I, I don't like. There's been a ton of speculation the last handful of years about projecting what it'll what it'll take for him to catch Gretzky. Uh, the problem with Ovechkin's career is that it's been marred with stuff like what we're dealing with right now. I mean, he was drafted 2004, but there was a lockout right away. Well, you think about he probably could have come into the NHL and scored 40 to 50 right out of you know right out of his draft year. Yep. So you're missing some some goals there. Uh, the half lockout in 2012, uh, I think he finished that year with like 30 goals. So you think about it, he probably would have hit 50 that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's another 20 and then this year too I mean if we have a half season like they're they're kind of floating around if they play 41 games and he pots 25 well he you know he's probably on pace for another 50 goal season right so you think about he's probably 100 goals short as it is Mm -hmm. uh, from just missing time which is out of his control 
I think that everybody's always known that like a lot of those euros like Mikko Koivu said this too he's like oh if I can't play in Minnesota I want to go back to Finland and play well obviously that was a lie he signed in Columbus but I think for like the Sedins and Marcus Naslin it was always the same with them they said Mm -hmm. you know we we want to maybe go back and play for Moto so I fully expect him to go however I think that if he is if he feels that he's within range to still play in the NHL be effective and and get close to to that record i think he stays because alex ovechkin is like a legend in russia and he could go back at 45 if you wanted to they'd give him a spot on the power play yep. they'd give him whatever ice time he wanted and nobody's gonna be complaining if he's not skating hard. yeah 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 so i, I kind of feel like he's gonna stay here and like if he you know in the next couple of years if he's able to put up another 100 goals in the next three seasons yeah i fully expect him to just say you know what you know he's going to get his contract he's going to get whatever he wants and because uh, he's you know he's over 700 man if he can get to 800 in the next three seasons I, I feel like he's going to be convinced to to stay because uh, if and Backstrom's there because Netsov's mm-hmm. there like they're going to bring in whoever they need to to get him the puck so um, I don't know it's going to be a sad day when he leaves though and he's I mean he's he's the most notable uh, player in, in Washington DC sports history for sure yeah, and I think he's been the most, uh, kind of the, at least the, you could say the most electric hockey player of the last 20 years. I mean, McDavid's probably taken that mantle now, but we both remember when Ovi came in, like, holy shit, man, that dude was, <laughs> he was like, he was, it was a, a bowl in a china shop that could score goals, just incredible to watch, and uh, I think we've been pretty lucky to watch him for this long. Uh, one quick note, though, he, he did say that he had goals that he wanted to reach still, and I, I think we all know that that's the Gretzky record. I don't think that's more cups, even though he, he wants that. I think he wants to be known as the greatest goal scorer of all time, and I think he will be. Um, what, what, I, I keep picturing him going to the KHL, though. Have you ever seen what it looks like when Vladimir Putin plays in his one game a year? Oh, yeah. And they just let they just let him score nine goals a game. I think that's exactly what it's going to be like for Ovi. The goalie is going to roll up the red carpet for the one timer. He's going to dive out of the way every shot. He's going to be scoring fourteen goals a game. Yeah, and Putin. Putin's got the all-time. You talk about greatest goal scorers ever, man. Look at Putin's goals per game. Like it's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I you know you're you're bang on there too with him having goals, and and that's absolutely correct. I think he's going to go down as the greatest goal scorer anyways yeah. because of the era that he plays in, how advanced the training is. The goalies are so much better than they were back in the 80s. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is is who do you think right now? It, you know, when Ovechkin came into the league, he, he I've always said this, he's the, he was the best player in the world for the first three years. Because he, you know, there. I mean, the one year he won all four major awards: the Art Ross, the Hart, uh, the uh, Lester B. Pearson was what it was called at the time. Now it's known as the Ted Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And he won the Rocket Richard, and he didn't just win the Rocket Richard with like fifty-one. He had sixty-five goals. And and then Crosby really just after that took off, and Crosby was dominant from then on, and it, it became his league. But right now, like when Ovechkin was at that age, like twenty-two, twenty-three. I remember thinking, God, you know, if he if he gets fifty goals a year, he very well could catch Gretzky's record. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it remains to be seen if it'll happen, but at least he's getting close uh, with time to spare too. Because some guys hit seven hundred goals and they're like thirty nine. It's their last season in the in the NHL. But who right now do you think is going to be capable of maybe doing what Ovechkin did and get to seven hundred goals and still be in their early thirties? Oh, no one. That's that's the thing about an Ovi man. It's no? like these. No, I don't. I really don't think so. I think these goal scorers. The way it goes now is like 
the, the players come up. I mean, look at Matthews. He's capable of scoring 50. I don't think he's capable of scoring 50 for another 10 seasons. And then he wouldn't. He still wouldn't be close. Like he'd be kind of close, but he still wouldn't be where Ovi is right now. Like I just, I think that these these guys peak for a shorter duration of time. I think that the whole Russian machine never breaks thing is really it's just a testament to to Ovi's fortitude, man. The, the, his ability to keep putting in goals year over year is it's incredible. And I think people might not appreciate that. Like you look at Pasternak, he can't play that style for twenty more years. That's it's it's insane to even think about. Maybe ten years of him being that competitive, so he's going to finish with maybe five hundred goals, which is a phenomenal, you know, Hall of Fame career. But you're still three hundred shy of what you need. So uh, I just I really don't see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I was I was thinking, I'm like, who who would be capable? And I mean, you know, McDavid's got a couple forty goal yeah. seasons, and with his speed and his hands and everything, like he could play until he's you know late thirties and and maybe have a shot at it, but. You know, I mean, Matthews has that release, but I, you're right. I mean, Matthews is kind of a different, you know, to me, he's not as, as gritty and yep. as grindy as Ovechkin was. I mean, Ovechkin used to just drive the net and like, you know, like you said, bull in a china shop. But uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I don't even know if there's some kid down the road. I know Connor Bedard, we've talked about him on the show before. Like maybe he, you know, he has a shot, yep. but as it stands right now, Matthews and Pasternak were the only two names that came to mind. And, and I agree with you, actually, I don't think Pasternak is... He'll finish with like 600, mm-hmm. I think, in his career, but you know, it's not close enough. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a it's a wild thing. We can move on here, but I just I think we've kind of cemented Ovi is at least in my mind, he's definitely going to go down as the greatest goal scorer of all time, and we're just lucky that he landed right in the kind of middle of my hockey watching lifetime. Right, I got to see his whole career pretty well. All right, guys. So uh, just to kind of cap off the episode here, we figured we'd do a quick "Would you rather?" and uh, we just talked about one of the guys, but. Um, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Brandon, I, I'd love to hear. Who would you rather have on your team? That's funny. I think we've touched on this kind of loosely probably in like 10 different episodes because these are the players that we that we always seem to compare together. Uh, it's That's a really tough one because Matthews plays on the superior team, obviously. But Eichel has the attributes that uh, I think are extremely rare in in that position. Like he can shoot, he can pass. He's a speed demon. People don't realize how fast he is, and he's got this burning desire to win. That I think that if he were on Toronto, probably would have carried Toronto further than Matthews had carried him. So by by that argument, I guess I would go with Eichel. But at the same time, Matthews has the best release in the NHL. Like in terms of just from from the wrist, right? Like he's just he's. His shot is incredibly lethal and accurate, and that may last longer than Eichel's will. You know, you, Matthews may be able to lean on that longer as a PP2 guy even later into his career. So really hard to say. It's a really, really tough, tough call. But I think for me, if I had to pick one player, I'd probably go with Eichel just for what I mentioned before. He's kind of – he rounds out the game a little better than Matthews does. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, Matthews is a phenomenal player, and it's not that he plays for Toronto that I automatically want to discard him. But – I think that for uh, all the reasons you said, man, Eichel, Eichel's got that weird stride, and yep. yet when you watch him actually go, it's like, damn, he's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. He, he's got the hands. Uh, you know, interesting thing about these two guys, Austin Matthews' birthday is two days after the cutoff date, so he could have been eligible in 2015 in that, that stacked oh, NHL wow. draft. So there is that, that whole, you know, there was a theory that he would have gone third overall to... Uh, to the Arizona Coyotes, which what a story that would have been. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, there were also people that said, you know what, he actually uh, had better numbers in that development program, so he he probably would have gone second overall if he was eligible in that draft. 
Hmm. I mean, whatever the case is, I think that these two guys are going to be linked together forever because they're two American-born players. Yeah. They're two, you know, they they play across the border from each other, and uh, you know, I think that the comparisons are there. I mean, neither of them really look like they're skating that fast until <laughs> yeah. you really watch, and uh, they both have great shots. Uh, I, I pick Eichel though because, like I said, like you said, uh, I I think that he just what he's able to do on a lesser team mm-hmm. his numbers are pretty similar to yep. what austin matthews is you know it's just that one eichel's more of a pass first guy it seems and then uh, matthews is obviously uh, a shoot first guy mm-hmm. but um i don't know man it's it's close but i gotta go with ike on this one do you think either one of them will ever threaten to take away the mantle from patty kane his greatest american hockey player no because patrick kane when all is said and done three cups like well, three cups is one thing, sure. He's got a con Smythe. Yep. Uh, he probably could have two, but that, those Chicago teams were so stacked, it's like they had to pick Taves and Keith, uh, Keith mm-hmm. as well. I mean, Corey Crawford arguably deserves one as well. The other thing about Patrick Kane is that he, like, he's got like heart, you know a heart trophy. He's got yeah. his career numbers are just crazy. Like even on a bad Chicago team, he puts up a hundred points a year, and mm-hmm. I don't see either of those guys having the team success for one yeah but also individual success austin matthews is maybe he's probably the best player on his team Mm -hmm. but i mean Tavares, marner uh, morgan riley like those guys you could you could argue are all i mean morgan riley's probably the most valuable because he's the only competent defenseman they have (laughs) yeah and and then same thing with eichel it's like he's obviously the, the the mvp of his team but the team never does anything so <laughs> you yeah. can't give a, a heart trophy to although they just did with dry saddle i guess technically but you can't give a heart trophy to a, a guy that doesn't make the playoffs yeah and uh and i think that so for that reason i, I say that um you know eichel uh, and matthews i the only like real american yeah is is kane I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else it's not really any other americans that jump out as maybe taking that mantle from uh big mike madano yeah, no, I think it has to be Patty Kane. And just in the same way that we gave the treatment to Obi a few minutes ago, I think he could do the same thing to Kane and that he's probably fairly underappreciated league-wide. Even though people know he's one of the best players, I don't think people appreciate that he's one of the best. You know, he is one of the top 100 hockey players of yeah. all time. You know, he's a he's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Yeah, he just, <clears throat> for the years they were good, man, everybody knew. Yeah. But uh, then the team got bad. And, and you know what, like I say, you go look at some of the numbers the last handful of years, Chicago's not making the playoffs. He's got 40 goals and 100 points. It's like, right. <laughs> how do you not make the playoffs when you have a guy who's a winger, no less, who's putting up those types of numbers? But, uh, yeah, he's going to quietly, I think, ride off into the sunset. If Chicago sucks for the next, like, five years and they still can't – I think he still does what he does. He's still going to put up great numbers, yep. and then he's going to retire, and we're going to look back and go, God, you know, I wish we watched more of Patrick Kane. I wish we we took more time to appreciate – the kind of player that he is, because he's he is uh, he's nasty, man. I actually heard one thing that actually I had no idea about, and I don't know if you heard this, Brandon, but apparently in Patrick Kane's draft year, he was ranked in like the fifth round, and uh, because I guess in the the U.S. development program he was he was doing okay, but he was you know he was a small guy, and then he spent one year in uh, London in the Ontario Hockey League, put up like 130 points, like 60 goals, and went from fifth round to first overall. <laughs> Which uh, which apparently was kind of controversial at the time. Like like people thought, well, you know, he was a nobody a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
obviously it worked out well but uh, imagine that if he'd stayed where he was playing never played in the OHL can you imagine <laughs> if he was a fifth round pick and had the career that he did he oh, might not man. get a shot because he was so little as a fifth round pick I'd love to talk to him about that jump like what does that what does that do for you when you're because he's, he's obviously a confident guy and oh, yeah. had confidence in his skills so when he was getting you know touted to be picked in the fifth round was he thinking like no fuck this like I am I am clearly a first round talent or was he just gonna go and, and play away and plug his game and then when he was touted as being a first rounder did that change his mentality at all it seems like he's kind of always had that same confidence but it's got to be hard to be that confident when you're you're getting scouted like he was the previous to his OHL season yeah yeah I mean London probably paid him a hundred grand to come play for them but uh, I know uh, <laughs> Clayton Keller on, on the Coyotes apparently had said that like being a smaller guy, they asked him, you know, why should we pick you? Uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was the Coyotes, it was another team, but what I had heard was that apparently, like, some team asked him that, and he's, he was sitting there, and he was like, well, would you pass on Patrick Kane? And <laughs> just kind of left it at that, like, you know, I think you got yeah. you got to have swagger, and uh, John Craig had one of our first ever guests, he was my, he was the first coach I had that was actually, you know, a competent coach. And uh, he used to tell us that, man, he goes, you guys got to develop, you know, develop swagger. People might think it's cocky, but you know what? The cocky, confident mix there is, is what helps guys, you know, propel to the next level. And you got to believe that you're you're that good. Yeah, I, I take that into my daily job making toilet paper. <laughs> I just kick those doors open and, and swagger through. Everybody appreciates it highly. I just carry myself like a first overall pick. All right, so uh, moving on to a, a bit of a, a sad note here. Alex Trebek, uh, Jeopardy legend, passed away on November 8th uh, this month. And we figured we'd give him a little mention here, a little shout-out, because he was obviously a uh, Canadian icon not only, but also a huge, huge hockey fan. He was a, a massive Canadians fan as far as I know. So uh, big respect goes out to Alex Trebek and all the work that he's done, and it was a, a sad day to see him go. Yeah, yeah, he was... Uh... Big in the Senators organization too. Obviously, he made the pick in the draft recently. Yeah, hilarious. For Tim Stutzel yeah. and um, it was it was crazy, man. The, the the clips that were rolling out too of of him and I don't know about you. I never got into Jeopardy because I frankly wasn't smart enough to really understand it. Uh, a lot of the questions, but he had some clips, man, of just you know I, he asked a question on Jeopardy about who's a who's a hockey player that had something like you know. 50 goals or something like that over 10 years or something and some guy go the one guy goes to answer goes uh who is magic johnson and you can you can audibly hear alex trebek go oh no uh so i mean just a legend i I put that up on our instagram story but um you know what yeah it's 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 huge there were so many tributes from players from the nhl uh you know wishing his family uh well and and you know uh 80 years is a good run obviously how it, how it ended yep. was was not um but uh i mean yeah just uh, a loss for the hockey world and a loss for honestly just i mean a lot of a lot of people a lot of canadians as you mentioned so mm-hmm. uh you know it's too bad i'm sure that the nhl at least the senators i'm sure will, will probably do something when the season starts up again and and uh, and do something for him did you see that clip of him with pk suban when he was giving suban shit for leaving montreal Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, it's good. I, I won't be able to do it exactly justice. But basically, PK was saying, like, hey, I'm a huge fan. You know, I love all your work, all this. And Trebek's like, well, 
you know I'm a Canadians fan and you left Montreal, so <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> because like uh, I was traded, it wasn't like I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, big, big loss for everybody, and uh, our, you know thoughts and prayers with uh, Alex's family for sure. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, from Ryan and Brandon, we'll catch you next time on the Hockey Minute. We'd like to take a second to thank you, the listener, for joining us. And a big thanks goes to our writers and production team, Jules, Mark, and Matt. We can do this without you. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Hockey Minute, as well as leaving voicemails on our anchor page, at Hockey Minute. And always make sure to subscribe to whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. That's going to do it for us. This is Brandon and Ryan. We'll talk to you next time on the Hockey Minute.